Are we, are we, we're in, we're in. Clark, baby, Tyler Dial in the Chase studio. We were actually talking about doing some TikToks earlier. We were, I think of we course. Should, I think we should do a TikTok on this episode. On the, uh, have you seen the, um, what's the trend going around with the George Strait song? Have you, have you seen Carrie this? Carrie in your love with Carrie me. Carrie in, this is, what is this? This is like. Dude, I was at a party the other night and someone was like, have you seen this TikTok trend? And I, and they're like, this song's so good. And they didn't know it was a George Strait song. Really? They just thought it was a song that was it's crazy. That was blowing up. Does the king get any credit these no. days? My God. Oh, the, it's geez. kids these days. They're not giving any credit to the king. I've lately, uh, been kicking around this idea of doing like a hot country nights, Tyler version of Silk Sonic meets George Strait. Where yeah, it's cool like country days. Silk. And it's like uh, the Foo Fighters did a cover of a Bee Gees album. Yeah. And I want to do disco country. And I like just covers of old country songs in like disco form. Call it disco straight. Oh, I love that. I don't know. It's so stupid. No, I think that's a great idea. You got to do that. And would you do, would carrying uh, your love with me be on, be on that? I was thinking, you know, something like a fool-hearted memory or like oh. his first single, Unwound. That'd be a good one. How's that, that one go? That's, um, that girl's wrapped around my finger. She's come unwound. Do, 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 do. That's it. Do, <laughs> do, 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 do. Who knew a, a, a New Yorker uh, knew George I'm Strait? I'm deep on George Strait. You know what my favorite George Strait song is? Might be, um... Let me be your mailman, and I'll, I'll always come true, come through. Rain so or good. shine, I'll deliver like a pony express in the wild, wild west. You know well, what I'm talking wanna, about? If you want to give up your road gig with Temecula Road and come and out with me. And hit the road with Tyler Dial. Hey, Mick, it, tell, me when, join, uh, tell me when you're hitting the road because I'm, I'm going to come. But I think, we need to do, I think we need to do the TikTok thing at the end. But I don't really get what the trend is. Do you, get what, do you understand I what the trend I don't even is? know it, dude. I'm just trying to keep up. With this TikTok hamster wheel, and it's hard enough already. So hang on, I want to. I want to phone. I, we need to figure out what this trend Let's is. Do it. I think we need to do it. Hang on. Who are we calling? Well, this is Blair Miller. Blair does all my social. Let's see if she even picks up. Mm. Hey, Blair. <laughs> Blair, I'm in the studio on the podcast with Tyler. You're actually on the podcast, and we want we want to do this George Strait trend, but we don't really understand what we're supposed to do. <laughs> If Tyler wears my glasses, can can we will will that work? Yeah, go for it. Okay, well, okay. At the end of this, we're gonna get through this, and then at the end of this, we're gonna film it. And then, if you're listening to this, you can go to our TikToks. By the time this comes out, we're gonna have the clip. So check the clip out on our TikToks. Does that work? So Fire we're basically off. so we're Tyler's gonna wear my glasses, and we're just gonna have the song "Carrying Your Love With Me," and I'm gonna be like, like, like uh, next to him, shoulder to shoulder. So the first time, start out um, with just him, and then switch to like the two of you with him wearing your glasses. I think we can figure it out. We're going to figure it out. This is what every management label call about TikTok sounds like. Where is, I'm is asking questions is? like, what do, was this the how this works? 
Is this we're gonna I don't even know how you put a sound in, but we're we're gonna figure it out. So this is the carrying your love with me trend. Blair, thank you for calling into the podcast. We're 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 thank you, Blair. We're not gonna let you down. Um okay. So that's gonna be big. I think at the end of this we're gonna figure it out and we'll and we'll put a link to it. But man, Tyler Dial, we've got a lot to talk about. Dude, this today. is so cool. Uh, I'm a day one listener of this podcast and I've been I've pretty much listened to every episode and so it's an honor to be here. Congrats on the hundred episodes on having Bobby on. That's too cool. I feel like this is a long time coming. I feel like yeah. every time I drop an episode, the first person to text me, Hey, great episode. Hey, that episode was not so great is <laughs> Tyler, he's always. I don't think I've ever said that. He's always. He really is a day one listener, and this is a long time coming. And we, I've wanted to do this for a minute, so I'm pumped that to have you on the show. You've got a new record out um, that you put out a month ago, or how yeah. long has the record it's been, been out, out for now? a month? And uh, I have to keep reminding myself that so many people haven't heard these songs that I have to keep promoting them. You know, I've been a lot of these songs I've been sitting on for three or four years, so it's been fun getting them out and. Um, yeah, dude, it's a dream come true with the team I'm with and, you know, everyone that's been supporting me these last few years. It's um I've been wanting to move to Nashville sent for a long time and, and chase this this dream. So here I am. So what so there's a song on this record, Damn Denver. Yes. Okay. And by the way, the record's called Way Back When. Everybody needs to go and stream it and check it out. Great artwork too. I Thanks, is it dude. Alex Berger who does the artwork? Ale- I it's I have a creative team. Uh Cece Dawson is a badass creator in town. She's yeah. my creative director and she Alex took the pictures. She designed them. Uh she's so good. She works with Lainey Wilson and a lot of other cool talented people. So this record's really great, but there's a song on the record, Damn Denver. Yep. I remember I remember when you sent me this song years ago. This song was literally sent to me probably it's three or three, four years ago. Three or four years ago yeah. you said Actually, I don't think you sent it to me. I think Harrison Sokoloff said, yeah. have you heard this Tyler Dyler oh, song? Did I say your name correctly? Mm-hmm. Damn Denver. And he sent me it. And I said, holy shit. This is a, this song, from the title, I was like, I freaking love this song. But how many versions did you go through of that song? Yeah, dude. I heard an early, early version. You heard the first one. We, uh, how many versions were there? So we, I had a, um, some producers I was working with when I first moved to town. And um, I started working with them in college before I had all this experience singing demos and writing songs in Nashville. You know, I've been, I've been here for four years now and have been chasing it. And, uh, with those producers, it it just wasn't, you know, they wanted to take the song from the demo form and, you know, put their stamp on it and change it. And I just loved the demo. And so when we produced that version out, it just didn't have the same magic. And I, you know, whether it be demo-itis or, um, or what, but, um, I ended up working, with Andy Skib, who I wrote it with, and had him produce it out, and we've been working together ever since. So, so wait, so how different is the is the version that's on the record from the demo? We, uh, we actually kept a lot of the same guitars and the actually the vocal from that day. Um, I've come a long way in the last four years as a singer, but I, th- I I don't know. I think a lot of times there's just something magic of like your first instinct or what you put down that day in uh, uh, in the writing session. And so that's what we kept. We kept a few guitars and a vocal. Was it like a feeling? Because I remember that, that the demo, which I'd be curious to listen to the demo again. I mm-hmm. think the version on the record has this feeling to it, but the demo had such a like feeling that was part of the song. And it's I remember, a little I, more melodramatic, I think. And uh, the, yeah. the current version has like a new bass line that kind of gives it a lift and makes it a little more feel good. And I wanted it to have a, a little bit of hope because it's like a sad song, but still has, you know, you're happy for the girl and that kind of thing. And I always try and... Are you? You're happy for the girl <sighs> in, uh, who broke your heart? 
Well, uh, by the way, this isn't I, even a real girl, right? Is, this is no, loosely this happened. I thought this it's was loosely. loosely. This loosely happened. The well, story. I was. Uh, I took some uh, creative license with this story. I wasn't right. necessarily heartbroken, but I was seeing a girl who decided to move to Denver and uh, called me one night, and you know, uh, wasn't like I didn't know if I saw a future, so was trying to get out of it, and I was high fiving my roommates when she called because I was off the hook. Really? Yeah. So, but then you, but then what, who, how do you come up with the title? Well, so Damn Denver. That, that next week I was writing with. So by the way, I actually think that that would have been a great song too. If you had written Damn Denver, almost from a, a sarcastic tone, like, oh, Damn Denver, but secretly you're high-fiving your friends. I think that would have been a good twist to Damn Denver. It might have been part two or part something. Two I don't know. Of, but um, yeah, that week I just, you know, had that idea in my phone and pitched it in a writing session and. Uh, it was actually the first time I wrote with Andy Skib and Melissa Fuller, who both um, have like half of the songs on my album I've been working on. So that was the first song that I wrote for this record and kind of kicked it off. And so you bring in the title Damn Denver, which mm -hmm. is just an A-plus title. And I didn't think it was that good. Really? I had I like instantly. I had another title. I remember it was like, we should write this song like tequi this is a tequila town or something. And Ugh. Tequila I know. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. But who, why do you end up writing Damn Denver? Like, does Andy go, wait a second, that's that's good. That's a good uh, It was title. Melissa, I think. Melissa says, wait a second. Yeah, and the first thing Andy does is he plays this guitar riff that ends up being the opening delayed out guitar riff on the record. The sort Pretty of cool. like, down, down. That's how it goes. Down, down. Dude. Andy just played that on the guitar. He said, what if Damn Denver sounds something like this? Yeah. And, and I mean... That was probably four, three or four years ago, and so I've come a, a long way knowing, you know, who I am and what I want to say and what I want my records to sound like. And so these days, I'm bringing in tracks and I'm bringing in more fully fleshed out song ideas and stuff. How much pressure is it to every time you? How many times a week do you write? Do you write every day? Not enough. Uh, it there, but there's still pressure to bring in that, great song ideas. Yeah. I mean, as the artist, I think that is my responsibility. So I put in a lot of work outside of the writing room to you know, come up with ideas and brainstorm. So like you'll, so your girlfriend breaks your heart, damn Denver, you put that in a note. Mm -hmm. Like you're constantly, you're just getting song ideas. And then when you went, didn't you go into a write with David Hodges and you mm. wrote Left to Center, right? We wrote a, a song called Running Downhill. Or Running Downhill. Yeah. And you had nothing going into this write, right? Dude, this is, you're so good. And wasn't this a big, wow. this was a big write because... Because you had looked up to Hodges, right? Yeah, when I first moved to town, uh, we went to the listening room, as one does when they first moved to Nashville. With, yeah. We went there with my mom, and he, was, he David Hodges, uh, was playing around with Laura Veltz and a few other big writers in town, and it was really intimidating. This is a dude who you know, was a founding member of Evanescence and has some big you know, Marin Morris, Kelly Clarkson cuts and stuff, and he played those that night, and we thought it was so cool. And uh, I ended up getting a session with him a few years later and uh, didn't have any ideas. And it was my birthday that the day before the write. And I just got the Matthew McConaughey Green Lights book and I was flipping through it. And uh, I was like, please, like, set a prayer to the McConaughey gods. And they delivered, dude. Were, was... were you flipping through the book being like, I need a song idea. I'm going into a big write tomorrow. Maybe I can. F maybe the book is going to kind of inspire me. I think uh, a lot of times when uh, I'll look to books for inspiration. Uh, I think just looking at words and hearing people tell stories kind of inspires me. And uh, I was you know, ha on the second chapter, and one of the chapters was called The Art of Running Downhill. 
and uh, I just thought it was such a good title. I've never never heard anyone sing about running downhill, and um, you know, I, I am a runner, which is ironically, I have a long term running injury from running the hills in Nashville. Um, yeah, you were training for like a marathon, right? Yeah, I messed, you, messed it up. Did you ever run the marathon? I never did. Oh, loser! I, I got 18 miles in, and then I <laughs> really my knee up. Yeah, in the marathon. No, training or training. Yeah, I overtrained. Would you do it again or screw it? You're like, who needs that? I think I need knee surgery and then. Do you really need I knee, knee yeah. surgery? I have early uh, arthur onset like arthritis. And what do you do? And like, what do they do? Who knows? Uh, I get I gotta get my cartilage fixed. Ugh, it's so stupid. It's I might need a knee replacement in ten years. Is what they are said. you serious? Yeah. I have this feeling. I I know I'm gonna need a knee replacement. I have horrible knees. Do you? Yeah, I I know it. I probably forty. I'm gonna get my knees replaced. I ju- I just know it. I think it's actually more common than we think. Than we think. I think it's stigmatized, and I think yeah. I think that we need to destigmatize the the knee replacement. But hold on. So you're in this ride with Hodges, and you have nothing. So the night before, you're reading Greenlight, and and he, what does he say about running downhill? Well, I think he he was talking about. Um, Gosh, I don't even remember what his story was, but I saw it being more of like a party song. Like you, it's hard to stop once you get going. Um, and yeah, I mean, we ran with it that day. And the funniest part about this whole story is my parents always said they'd kill me if I got a tattoo. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, they were they were actually doing a writers retreat that that whole week. So all Your the parents were. No, David Hodges. Oh, was. David Hodges. <laughs> so all of his writers were in town from L.A. and uh, from all over the country and they were going to get publisher tattoos that night the whole crew did Shelby get me. a tattoo yeah what'd she get I don't remember Every, so, so everybody, you were getting we, matching tattoos but everybody just got something they booked a tattoo artist for like to come over six to eight hours because Hodges is tatted up like crazy he's got tattoos yeah. everywhere oh yeah but the, the whole the whole publishing house was, was just walked across the street to this tattoo place and I don't know if I just really really wanted a pub deal or if you I, didn't want to be ju- you don't want to be like the loser who didn't I get know. the tattoo. Well, I was really stoked on the song we wrote, and uh, the hook of the song is "Better Hold On to Your Hat When You're Running Downhill." And so I said, "Fuck it," and got a cowboy hat uh, on my upper thigh for forever. Now I want another one. I really? Think, I think I'm gonna get one when the album comes out. What's it gonna What's it gonna be? Well, I don't know if I should unveil this information, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really care. It's just you and I here. Yeah. Who's... Uh, so I'm, I think, uh, not I think, the album is going to be called Electric West, and I want to get a lightning bolt and a cactus on my body. What about the lightning bolt and the cactus, right? <laughs> Harry Potter, Harry like. Potter style. What if you do the cactus, Harry Potter, Harry Potter style? That's not a bad idea. Stylized as a lightning bolt. So wait, so. The song that I really love on this record mm-hmm. is is Left of Center. Uh, thanks, bro. I really love this song. Thank you. And the reason I really love it is, first of all, I think I think the verses are great, mm-hmm. and I think that the hook, the first time I heard oh, it, dude. was not what I thought. I had no idea what the hook was going to be, but what a great hook. The hook is, I'm left of center, but that's where the heart is, mm-hmm. which I don't know how you come up with that. I think that's really clever. I got to be honest. That was all Adam James, one of the most talented people in this town I've met. He's he, the most clever, funniest dude. He he uh I remember it like it was yesterday. We were like halfway through writing a song and it was like one o'clock and I was just like, guys, I just don't know if I'm feeling this this vibe and let's let's like take a few minutes and see if there's like something else out there that we could do. And uh he was like, I don't know, man, this is like probably weird and stupid, but I was at the BMI awards and 
someone was giving a speech about how it's cool to put out music that's left to center and, you know, put out music that speaks from your heart. And I just kind of had this, like, what if it was like left to center is kind of where the heart is on your body. And we kind of talked about it and came up with a hook together and we were off to the races. It was such a memorable, a memorable day. And dude, like when you first moved to Nashville, it's so easy to write heartbreak songs and songs about beer and, and trucks and, uh, love songs and partying. And it's really hard to write a song that kind of sums up who you are in three minutes. And that was the first time I was able to do that with the help of some friends. And I'm really proud of that one. That is cool, right? But Mm -hmm. I just, I think that hook is so clever. And were you looking at the Brothers Osborne song at all? Um, What was their most recent single that now I'm blanking on the I'm not for everyone. I'm not for everyone. Because there's a line about- such a good song. About jokes in there that I feel like maybe was inspired. What's the line about jokes in this song is- I tell jokes with off-colored puns. With off-colored puns. And then that song has a line about- The chorus seems like there was a line that was inspired by that. Were you thinking about that that song? I think we wrote that before they put that song out. So maybe they inspired- Maybe they- Somehow my demo got through the grapevine. The song was inspired by your demo. Nah, dude. But the brothers, as you know, the brothers Osborne are my- all-time favorites in country music. They're, I think they're just the best. They make great art, you know, they have something to say, um, and they put on a killer show. They really do, they do yeah. put on a great show. Okay, so the record's out right now. Yep. The, the, I guess, is part two coming in next year, or yeah, what What else is so. coming? Yeah, it's gonna I mean, round it out? We're gonna keep promoting these songs and, um, you know, keep doing other random stuff that we have planned. We got a lot of cool stuff planned, uh, you know, kind of acoustic songs and, you know, all those things and kind of start teasing stuff for next year. So what, because now you've got like a big team, right? Is that why you waited so long to put Damn yeah. Denver out? Because you said, you sat on that song for how many years? Three yeah, years? Yeah, three probably? or four years. We were close to putting it out right after I, I released a single called About Last Night. But I don't know, man. It's one of those things where if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, you know, does it make a sound kind of thing? I wanted to, ha- I knew how special that song was. I just wanted to put a great team together before putting it out and give it the best chance of success. And, you know, I leveraged that song and a few other songs um, to help me get the management deal I got um, with Make Wake and uh, everything kind of snowballed after that. But um, before the pandemic hit, I spent all my savings on recording five or six songs. And uh, Damn Denver, way back when, were some of those. And then a few that didn't end up making the record. But yeah, those help a lot behind the scenes, you know. It's great. So how do you put the team together? Because you've got like one of the biggest managers in town yeah. behind you who's got your back, who's calling some shots, you know, definitely pulling some other team members to mm-hmm. the table in a great way. Cause I feel like everyone believes in Tyler Dial. You know, they believe in the vision oh, it's been, and the uh, project. Such a blessing. It's been so cool. I uh I met this girl, Alicia Matthews, at South by Southwest in college. Uh, because I was living down there in Austin and uh we just kind of stayed in touch, and she lives in Nashville, and uh, kind of, you're really good at staying in touch with people and networking, and uh, just kind of got coffee with her every couple months, and um, she came out to a few showcases we did, and was always a big fan, and I went and got these songs recorded, and had a meeting with her, and played them for her, and she's like, I love these, I want to play them for Cappy, and so he was like, I love them too, let's do it, and uh, yeah, I mean, man, that changed my life dude it's it's been such a blast having that team on board and 
you know, now thanks to them, I'm doing music full time and I'm trying to keep it that way. Is it kind of weird how like sometimes I feel like in the music business, like you can have these meetings that drag on and on and on. You feel like people are interested and they drag on and on and, and then on. You leave and then at the and end, and then they, but it's not even like you'll have like a series of meetings and then at the end they'll be like, eh, pass. But like when it's right, they don't even say pass. They say, yeah, we'll we'll be in touch. We'll Keep be in touch. And then they ghost you, right? Yeah. But when it's right, like it just happens fast, right? Is that kind of how you felt? Like, oh my so, god, yeah, like. Dude. It, I mean, one day I'm meeting and then the pandemic happens and, you know, I'm working on a pontoon boat and all of a sudden Cappy's managing me and he's pulling in all these incredible partners, William Morris and Top 5, my publishing company and Virgin Music. It's just been like the dream team. And uh, yeah, dude, it's been a blast. It's We're finally getting music out again, which has been really fun. Is that because I feel like Virgin's making big plays in the country space. They're killing it, man. They're I mean, they have it, Lauren right? Weintraub, Jillian Jacqueline, like, Two of my favorites, dude. And Jacqueline Saturn, who runs Virgin in America, she's like, the, she's just the greatest. She, she's, she's a real best. badass, dude. A badass. How, you, I mean, her Instagram, you see, really do see how badass she is. Oh, my Working God. Working out she, at 6 a.m., going to shows like till crazy. midnight. She hangs out with the coolest rappers. Like, she's the she's the best. She's the coolest. It's pretty sweet. She, she's, she's been so supportive, and the whole team over there is really incredible. And I'm really, really, like, they give me... Um, a lot of autonomy and I, you know, can kind of do things the way that I want and the things that I'm comfortable with. And, uh, they're, they're just been so supportive. So you sign with Cappy and make wake and Alicia. And is the thing is Cappy sort of, is he like, Hey, first things first, we need to build out the team and to see, start pulling in the mm-hmm. team members. Is that kind of phase yeah. one? Like, how does it work? Yeah. Um, that's, it took a while for us to get the whole team together. We had the music ready, but it just took a minute to get everyone in place. And, um, I think you have to, I mean, there's just a few different strategies, I think for artists in town, it's like, just put a single out every month until one blows up and, and it works. And, or you can maybe try it like me, maybe try and be protective with it and, um, use it to open doors behind the scenes and then get it out. I I don't know which way's better, but yeah, it's been great, dude. It's, uh, you know, we had a lot of time to shoot content for the album. So we went down to Arizona where I'm from and people keep asking me if I, if I moved out of Nashville, cause all of our, my videos was are in Arizona. A, what was that house in the, in the video for, um, left to center? Wasn't it? Weren't you on a house? You yeah. were on the roof of a house. My buddy's roof. We went, that was your buddy's roof. I didn't yeah. know if that was like your childhood house roof or something. No, um, no yeah, it's all I, showbiz. Yeah, it's all showbiz. Smoke and mirrors. Dude. Well, he, I Don't knew he had a good like see. suburban like workaholics type roof. You know, that would and be flat or flat enough that you flat could, enough. You could, to, there's I, no shingles. There's on no it. shingles yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. So wait. Fun. So okay. So you're you're spending all this time in Arizona because mm-hmm. you really do have a brand. It feels like which is what is the brand? What do you? What's the Electric brand? West, man? It's Electric West, baby, and yeah. it's like wind blowing in your hair, top down of a convertible, like the open road. Like that's what well, I I'm, picture. I'm super inspired by the Eagles and their music and vintage, you know, kind of southwestern country rock and roll. And so that's kind of what I've been chasing the with my content and uh you know i think i could do a better job and we keep refining it and optimizing uh and you know right now we're kind of like all right well the we did a whole ep rollout we know what worked and what didn't work and i'm excited now we're digging into content for the rest of the album so we're i'm just trying to figure out how we can step up our game in that sense and um i mean not that not saying that the stuff we put out was did bad i mean way back when's got like 250 thousand views on the youtube and 
You know, it's a, it's weird uh, trying to figure out content for the long form YouTube, uh, you know, real music video game, and then there's the TikTok six second short form content. That that's something that I'm still trying to figure out. But um, I really really love, you know, I think Tyler the Creator said it in an episode that he's trying to build worlds with his music, and every album he wants to be a different, you know, landscape visually and sonically, and I. I think that's just so cool, and so that's what I'm trying to do. I feel like you're kind of making that happen. Is the Thanks. next version, or is the next, how many songs? Six songs, or how many songs are coming out on the it's next record? 14 songs. 14. Right so, I, okay, so the next handful of songs. Eight more songs. Eight more songs. Are you going to do a different brand, or are you going to just expand this world no, for we're this gonna record? No, keep, keep, like I, I, we're just going to keep refining it. So I, I think I, and I think, I don't know, we can go on and on about branding and stuff, but I don't think people want to hear that. I think they just want to see it, you know, in, in action. So, yeah, I have a lot of cool ideas for the next video, next couple videos that are going to be very electric and very West. This is Electric West. Yeah. Hey, what's the deal with you and soccer? Because you freaking love soccer. And don't you wake up at like 6 a.m. to watch soccer? I was actually going back happening? through some videos today for yeah? TikTok, and I came upon uh, the Champions League day we had together we had a great soccer day yeah chelsea won the champions league it was like for you're this, a chelsea fan right huge chelsea fan I w- you, i'll wake you, up at 6 a.m and watch chelsea games on Saturday. how'd you become a chelsea fan well all my cousins uh support chelsea and we all grew up playing soccer and they live out in california and we have like five of us in a group chat so i don't know i i i'd to be honest to be completely honest with you i didn't love watching football i didn't love watching basketball or baseball Soccer is a sport I loved and just wanted to keep up with a team. So it was an easy pick because all my family members supported Chelsea. And now we have an American on the team, so it's fun to support and just kind of obsessed with it. It's the it's really, I, I mean, I had a few offers to play in college and still love the game and with all my knee problems and stuff, can't really play it as much anymore. So it's really the only way I can keep up with it and still kind of have that passion for it. Is it just the fastness of the game? I like. I look at soccer. You don't get it. I don't. I don't get it, bro. Yeah. I don't get it. So when you said how much how how much you loved the the day we spent together at the no, Champions it was League lies. Final, you hated it. It was all lies. <laughs> the best part of that day was when the pizza came, which we waited forever for. I mean, it, there was like hundreds of people there. I know, but I'm just saying the best part was when they brought the pizza. Otherwise, I was like, I don't know what I'm watching. I was talking to Megan. I was like, I was a little I, drunk. I don't know what's happening here with the soccer game. I had a good time that day. Yeah, because your team won, and it was, was like that, it was all like about Super you. Bowl. It was it's like winning the Super Bowl. I guess uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a little more you know USA centric. I'm like it. whatever. I don't I don't know what's happening. Well, we got an American player on the team now, so you have a reason. Well, who's the American? Christian Pulisic. Is he good? He's great. Is it really? I think. I mean, he's had he had rocky you know rocky season last year, but I think he can make it happen this year. He's I hope make so. It happen. He's our he's the captain of the national team. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's He's our best player. It's really big. All right, I'm into it. Yeah. So, okay, so new music coming out. Any tour dates coming up? We're playing a uh, FSU block party in September. Really? That'll be great. Yeah, I've got a few charity gigs coming up. Um, Am I gonna play guitar for these? Who's playing guitar? Want, Who's you want to learn a 90 minute set? How many? How many covers? How many originals? Uh, I'm trying to do half and half. Half and a half for a 90 minute set. What's the best cover? What's the best song to play live in a show? Like cover song. What's the best cover song? Well, I think it's a question of what cover song do I enjoy playing and what cover song do people want to hear? Yeah, wh- give me both. What cover song, for you it's going to be like When You Were Young or like The Killers or Sex on Fire or something. Uh, we I love doing like Queen of California by mm. John Mayer or mm-hmm. uh, 
If It Takes a Lifetime by Jason Isbell. I love that song, actually. People, That's kind of like a deep cut Isabel song. It is isn't a deep it? cut. Do, 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 well, do, do, it might be his do. second most played song, but any, is it? it's like I feel like Isabel's a deep cut for anybody because he's not the most famous. Nobody you knows know. who he is. What's Only the, people, you know. Is that really the mat- second most know, played Isabel Americana song? fans. But uh, in terms of the the songs that people love, and you, I feel like, you know, when you play a cover, you got to play a song that people know, or you might as well just play an original. So I think like a Mr. Brightside or uh, oh know, my that god, kind of stuff. that always gets a giant reaction. I was yeah. just at a show where a band played Mr. Brightside and it was it blew up. It was insane. I I had to you know we played a lot of covers in college. Uh, we played Home Tailgates and Sixth Street every other weekend and stuff that worked really well was like Sweet Caroline and Wagon Wheel, Friends in Low Places. But some of those I just I can't play anymore just because it it's not fun. Can't do it. The okay, low wait. hanging fruit. So tailgates coming out. Mm-hmm. You're really great live. If you get Thanks, the chance man. to see Tyler live, you gotta go see him live. One thing I wanted to tell the the fans of this podcast yeah. is that you once booked a tour for me. We did a full tour. How many? I think we did three it was, days. It was it was three days. Yeah. No, three I think we had more than three dates. Didn't we have five or four? It was San Antonio, Austin, and Dallas. So it might have been three. And I got in the van with you guys, and we drove to Austin. Yeah. And we played. And the crazy thing is we're in the middle of Austin in 6th Street, and we're in this place. Where where'd we play? San Jack Saloon, San right? Dude, what a San, memory. San Jack Saloon. We're in San Jack, Jack Saloon, and this place is empty, and Tyler goes on. And right before Tyler goes on, this place packs out. Yeah. Like, everybody comes in to see Tyler play. and. It it was insane. The band was so good. He had so much energy. The thing Thanks, about dude. Tyler that's so great on stage is he's very confident. He's very laid back, and he makes you feel very secure as you're watching him play. Like sometimes you're seeing people playing, you're like, "Is this gonna is this gonna work out? Like is this gonna happen?" Ah, but dude. Tyler's just like confident, cool as a cucumber, <sighs> and I feel like everyone was here. So then you play the song. What was the song that you played? That like was like your big at that time at the new that single time. about was, last night. No, 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 no. There was another song. Damn good time. Damn good time. You played yeah. this song. Damn good time. What's the deal here? Because this was like your big hit. Yeah. Like everybody in Austin, Texas, I feel like oh, so knew funny, this dude. song, right? I uh, I wrote that song in senior year of high school, and we went and really? recorded it freshman year uh, during winter break, and uh, I became kind of like a meme. You know, everyone kind of became came to know me as the damn good time song dude. Uh, we had it. It went viral on SoundCloud, freshman year of college. It got we got it on the highway, and we would just play it at every tailgate. And we'd probably play it two or three times because people would chant for it again, just our, our drunk friends and stuff. And that opened a lot of doors for me and in, in Austin to start building a fan base and start touring and playing shows and stuff. So, song did a lot for me. I that's a fun song. Thanks, so, dude. what was the grind coming up? Because you were really playing like frat parties. And mm-hmm. you were playing on Sixth Street, and that's kind of what it, that's what it looks like. Like that's where you kind of that was like the Beatles in Hamburg getting their oh, 10, I don't know about that ten thousand hours in right. But that's where you kind of like figured it out, right? How to kind yeah, of do dude. It. We played so many so many shows. Um, my band actually ended up moving to Nashville with me, but you know the last four years I've just been focused on writing great songs and kind of had to put the live show thing on hold for a bit. Um, you know, out here I don't didn't have a, a full college community to support me, and like I, you know, worked on the weekends and every every Monday through Friday, I just woke up and was thinking like, how can I make a great song? And now I feel like I have the music and I'm ready to get 
get back on the road and start playing shows. Again yeah, are you and antsy? Get those is, chops up. Is that kind of your favorite thing to do? Is get on the road and and perform like that? Yeah, dude. I mean, nothing better than a, a big crowd singing "Damn Good Time" back to you. you oh know? my god! I know we got to book another Austin show. I would love to book another Let's Austin do show. Do you do you still have a lot of friends there? Oh, everyone's moving back to Austin. It's it's really wild. Think about all your friends, for example, that you convinced to move to Nashville who probably owe you. So Justin, is, is, are you still living with Justin? Yeah. yeah. he's still your roommate. Justin's got a plaque right now. Did you see that? For He got a plaque for producing the Priscilla Block song. That wouldn't have happened. He if, produced it in a room smaller than this In a room podcast. smaller than this podcast. It was, yeah. Wasn't that also like a demo? And then it like... And then it became like a number one. It didn't go number one, I don't think. But it sold a crap it's ton wild. of records. It's so he wild. gets a plaque. That's all because you convinced him to move to Nashville. And then I should get a plaque. You should get a plaque. And then your other roommate, Brandon, is he's out on the road every weekend with he's opening Heath up for Sanders Sam Hunt. and uh, on the Justin Moore tour or Justin Moore and stuff. Yeah, he's he's killing it, dude. All these people because Tyler convinced him to move to Nashville, and then you've got the big team behind you. The songs coming out, the label, the management. And the new record, or the next eight mm-hmm. songs of this project, are coming out in 2023. And I feel like I'm already uh, halfway done with album two. If, are like, you serious? I could put some more songs out. I'm excited. I'm should it be Electric West Volume Two? You know, uh, or yeah. should I go do something new? No, I think I, you, I think you need to lean into this Electric. Well, West. I'm excited, man. I mean, all, like like I said, these the songs on the EP that we just put out are all kind of older songs, and so. I'm really, really excited for people to hear the next kind of evolution uh, that's going to be the rest of the record because I've just be, I've become such a better singer and a better musician and um, kind of know who I am and what I have to say now. So, Man, I can't wait to hear it. Someone's Thanks, got dude. send me a, a list of demos. I, I can do that. Send me, send me the freaking songs. I got I you. I was early on the last record. Now I feel like I'm behind on this I record. Know. I don't know what's happening. I was thinking on the way over here uh, – I, I remember the first time I met you like it was yesterday. Do you remember? I remember this clearly because Tyler was one of the first people I met in town. He was also one of the first people I knew that I felt really had traction in the industry. Thanks. Because you were getting on Spotify playlists. Mm. You were the first person I personally knew who was on New Boots. Yeah, what happened? What? No, you're crushing. <laughs> you were on New Boots again with this last record. You're crushing it. But um, so I remember meeting you at a Warner uh, rooftop, picking on the patio. Was it uh, Wild Feathers? No, no, no. Tucker oh, Bethard. yeah. I think it was the Wild Feathers. Yeah. And I met I met Justin first. Yeah. You tapped on our backs and you just said, hey, I'm Zach. What's up? Is that what I did? Yeah. Th- that's in character, but I don't remember that. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. I just was like, I hey. you were with Jeanette or somebody. Very possible. Yeah. And, and here we are. And, and was it both booked? of you guys? Yeah, I think Brandon was there. Dude, I miss those days so much where pre-pandemic, there's a, on every, in the summertime, you know, there's... The oh, Warner picking, the on, Warner the patio, picking on the patio, the BMI so rooftops. And... I was just there at one recently, and it was good, actually. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't even know about it. Oh, my God. I got on the list. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the funny thing is then I I had so much more hustle to go out every single to every single thing. Now I'm like, man, eh, I see the same people. Do you think that's because like... we've been in town for a while and we're kind of over it? Or do you think that's because we kind of lost the habit of going to stuff because of COVID? Well, here's what, what I'll say. I When I first moved here... I remember there were people who were like three, four, five years ahead of me who weren't going out every single night. Right. And I remember looking at them being like, that'll never be me. Like, what are, the, what are these people doing wasting all their time at home when they could be out networking right. and seeing bands? And and now I've, like, become that person. Like, I never go out. Like, I'm out, like, two, three times a week. And I That's used to... pretty good, dude. I used to have so much FOMO 
when I wasn't at every single mm-hmm. event. And now I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about anything. Like, I don't, I, I just, I don't want to go. I tell people I'm out of town tonight. By the time this airs, I'll be in the clear. Someone invited me to at an album release party tonight for zero reason. I, I just don't want to go. I sh- should go. I told them I was out of town. That's I don't know fine, why dude. I did that. I'm here in Nashville, but I said, I don't want to come. I just said, I'm, I'm out of town. Can't make it. Yeah, that's going to come back and bite me in the ass when I'm playing a showcase and I'm like inviting all my friends out. And, and I go, like, oh, you my, didn't come to this. I'm or... out of town. I'm out of town. <laughs> I, d- I don't go to anything. It's like, I, I, it's just too much. It's too much. I go, to, if my friend's playing, I'll go. Sp- if you did a showcase, I'd be there in a half a second. I know you Are would. you doing anything in town? Are you doing any, any, We're any showcases? We're waiting for the album. Waiting for the album. Yeah. Then there'll we, be like a big. Every time I have a single come out or an EP, I just invite all my friends to the bar. To celebrate. That's right. The last time we were at, uh, where did we go? Yeah, uh, you were there. Never, never. I'd never, never. Yeah. I still remember when you did the music video for, um, for what about was the last one? night? About last night, you yeah. threw this epic house party Pre-tick-tock. with all your friends. Pre that would have done great on TikTok. I that would video. post that on TikTok. I would just throw that up there. You think so? A hundred percent. Who gives a fuck? I would just put it up there. It's it's vertical. It's shot vertical. It was. And it's hilarious. I don't I, have I would, the mustache anymore though. You don't have the. Or I'd have the mustache you'd now. You'd be unrecognizable. Nobody would. Nobody would know who you are. That's weird. Um, I look like a baby. No, 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 I I would just throw it up there. Say throwback to when I put this out. Have you ever grown a mustache? No. You think I should do that? Uh, I'd like to see it. I've done. I've had a reverse Hitler. You know what the re- re- uh, reverse yeah. Hitler is? <laughs> you you don't shave it in the middle. Yeah. You, no. Yeah. No. You shave, you the, shave middle, the middle, but you keep the sides. That's maybe called the reverse for Hitler. the carrying your love with me TikTok. Yeah. We could start it where I have the mustache, and you have the glasses on, and then we and then our I separate ways. Shave. And you have the mustache, and I have your glasses. On. Should we do that? That sounds like a big commitment. I don't know if I'm willing to shave the mustache. No, the, the mustache is really your thing. Uh, the the TikTok's gonna be good. Um, okay, Tyler Dial. We we gotta get serious for a second. He's in the studio. He's got a new album out that you you need to go listen. You need to check out Tyler on Spotify. And by the way, I think some of the early stuff is really good too. Thanks, dude. The early stuff is great. The new record. There's a new record coming out. He's gonna add to this record. Electric West. Yep. Eight more songs. And I think you have to check out the song Left to Center. It's my personal Thanks, favorite bro. on the record. What have we left out here? What have we not covered? The, there's so much going on. The, yeah, we've got everything, dude. How we met, all the stuff we've done together. Well, what did we do? Because I remember we went to Steadfast Coffee the first time we hung out. Yeah. And then we played Catan. Tyler's a big Huge. Settlers of Catan guy. I, I call it Catan. I think it is Catan. But is it Catan or is it My Catan? roommates and I, ha- it's Catan. Uh, it's we have Catan. a big scoreboard on the fridge. Really? And I think, like, Justin, I think, is probably at, like, 60 wins maybe 70 at this point. I think I'm about around 65 and Brandon's around 63. So we're it's a tight race. Didn't I win that game? The first time I came over, everybody went easy on me. And I think I ended up winning. Yeah, that's pretty typical. You go easy on someone so they don't hate the game, you know, by the end of it. So they it's end complicated. Up Is that the best? Was that the last time you played it? First and last time? No, because then I played a couple other times with you guys and you guys beat me yeah, like crazy yes yeah it gets very competitive the Catan. it's fun so if you're listening and you live in nashville and you want to rip some Catan with us i actually think the three of us are good enough to like compete professionally all right is there a professional Catan game no idea wait i want to look that up i think there's like a tournament um Catan. world championship or something i want to look this up Catan. you whoa unites uh United States 2022 Catan Studio World Champion Program. This is a real thing. Yeah. 
And I got to tell you, the people who are competing are not good looking. I could be like you could uh, be a like, model, a star-studded Catan player. Yeah, there's you could no be the stars highest. in Catan. There's yeah. no stars in Catan. You could be a star who's got the personality, the looks, the the edge, everything. It's like uh, to, Blades to take, of Glory to take it to the next level. Yeah. Catan. Our United States tournament consists of local qualifying tournaments that take place year-round. The winners of each of the tournaments win a seat at the Catan United States States National Championship. Which is normally held in June. How many? Isn't there a lot of luck in Catan? It's not no. like chess. It's all skill. It's all skill. It's all Are you economics and, and trading and skills. What's skill, the so. skill? Because I feel like you're rolling dice and the board is different every time. Chess, you can memorize moves that it's are consistent. It's it's the, it's kind of similar to poker. It's like the odds of this number getting rolled and the you know the economics behind it, and it's really just trying to fuck over your friends. Is at the end of the day, you're just trying to screw them over. It's really a good it's game. It's great. It's do you always go for longest road? Uh, not all the time. I think the development card strategy is a little smarter. At random, but I, but you get but big yeah. rewards. I think people are probably tuning out of this podcast at this point. Uh, with so the Catan, if you're still with us, or they're listening for the Catan strategy, which mm. I think is is very relevant. Yes. So okay, so Tyler, first of all, you read a lot, right? Uh, I try. What are you reading right now? Uh, it's <laughs> I, I. This is funny. Um, I, I don't know the exact name of the book, but it's how to like cut through in the age of distraction with like social media and and uh so i've just been trying to educate myself on what consumers want and uh it's interesting i think one of the things is like they want familiarity but like with a surprise you know um which is i think is pretty cool they want to be you know understood and find you know meaning in their content and stuff like that and i'm just trying to figure out how to um you know, cut through. Makes sense. Yeah. That actually sounds like a good book. I'll give. That's the kind of, seems like kind of book that you would read because I, I know I that you like love that. all those music business books. I like that. Right now, I'm reading the Late Night Wars about huh. um, David Letterman and um, what's his name Leno and Leno. Oh, that's good. Great book. I'm I'm always fascinated we by this. We should trade books. We should trade books. And before that, I read the Rolling Stone book about uh, Jan Winner. Oh, that's good. Rolling Stone. Fascinating. I think I read one of the Mick Jagger ones this year. Oh, yeah. I read yeah. the uh, Robbie Robertson book. Yeah, uh, you love that book, actually. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Do you uh, read with a pen? No. Uh, I, I do, actually. You know why I do? Because I learned that Bill Gates always reads with a pencil. I, re- I read you with a pencil. To. And I in the spine of my book, I always take notes as I'm writing, mm-hmm. and I'll make notes, and then I'll reference pages that I want to go back to. And then I do, and then sometimes, like years later, I'll, I'll pick it's up the great book to go and back. I'll, I'll go back, yeah. Depending on the book, I might like type notes out. I don't do that if I'm trying to remember. Like, uh, what's your favorite book of all time? My favorite book of all time. There's a handful that are really great. The book that I think had the biggest impact on me is um, is Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Mm. That is the networking book, and it, I think right. it changed my life. It, it, it front cover to cover teaches you how to network. For me, it is kind of like the sequel. To how to win friends that's and influence great, people. That's one of the ones you would I would take notes on. That everyone like that one is like you read that one and, and it's all stuff you you know uh, yeah. intuitively, but, but it's reading great to it, read it's it. great. Yeah. I love in in that book, there's a line where he says, Treat everyone the way a dog treats its master. Which is a dog is always excited oh, that's to great. see the master and it's always happy. That's great. And that makes you happy, right? You should always be excited to see people. Yeah. I it's even the uh, Someone's name is the sweetest word in the language. 
Oh, that's gr- a great one too, right? Just re- like remember just saying someone's name. Saying to someone's them name back, is the best like... thing, and smiling too. Like I think there's a study that they talk about how like people who smiled in court yeah. were like X percent more likely to get off hmm. from what they were being tried from. That's interesting. If they if they just smiled in the courtroom a little bit. Well, oh, you're not very good at that. No, no. no. What did you? What? Give me a top book. Shoe Dog. The, oh, uh, Phil Knight the, story. I've never read that, but everyone oh, always talks so about that. Good. Is it I really mean, good? I love books like. I mean, I've probably read the Keith Richards one twice. Life. The, that's and, a great book. Oh, have so you good. have you made the bangers and mash recipe that's in the book? No. Because he puts in the book he puts his recipe for bangers and mash. I've never made it either. Uh, maybe we should do that for your that might your be cooking a good pancake. TikTok. That might be a good video actually. <laughs> Life. Wait, but shoe nice or uh, shoe, uh, shoe dog. Shoe, shoe dog. <clears throat> I don't know. I, uh, it's really just his story as an entrepreneur and and, and how he um, went from you know flying out to Japan and it was just shortly after World War II and trying to work with them and uh, creating Nike from the ground up. And a lot, what I learned is like a lot of it is grassroots selling. And uh, I think that's something I, you know, try and apply to my business is, you know, not going for like the viral hit, but like going for like one customer at a time and all the risks that he took financially to get it off the ground. And how close he was to, you know, the bank coming down on him and stuff. But I just love books about people who are in a similar situation to me, whether it be, you know, Bruce Springsteen or, you know, the Robbie Robertson book and learning about how those guys made it in music. And I typically uh, stop reading the the autobiographies like halfway through once they make it because I'm once like, they I don't make care it, about them in their 50s. It's like, who cares? That's not the good part. Yeah. The life book is great. I, I've read that it's a couple so times. Yeah. It's just fun. It's just a good I just love all the the stories, dude. The best I think my favorite music book is uh Siren Song is great about Seymour Stein, Sire Records. Yeah. And the story of him signing Madonna yeah. is incredible. You like the uh the record label ones. I read all the label the industry ones. ones. I love Hitman. I love The Geffen. Did you the read? Ge- oh my god, it took me six months to read the Geffen book. Is it thick but or I love what? That. It's nine hundred pages. It's that's it, wild. It's insane. I ca- I would read like a hundred pages, and then I would read like another book, and then I would come back to it. It mm-hmm. took me forever, but it's a great book. And actually, what I love about that book is everyone always talks about Geffen, and how successful he was, and what you and of course he was. But what you see over nine hundred pages was it took him forever. Yeah. Like he didn't become like it was really in his late thirties and forties that he really started cooking. He was always kind of like the whiz kid. And everyone kind of had his eye on him, but it took him forever to build like DreamWorks and Geffen Records. Like it took mm-hmm. him a long, long, long time. And over 900 pages, you see that. Like you see the evolution of it, which I think is inspiring. I think you're going to be a record label owner. I don't think so. I think you're going to be like, I, a I Geffen. have zero interest in uh, running a record label. What, what do you want to do? I, in, I, in twenty years, ten years. I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't want to work. For, I just don't want to work for artists. That's my thing. You don't. No, it's hard to work for artists. Yeah, it is. It's that, hard. You're it's hard to. You're smirking over there. Someone. You're smirking because you know it's miserable. I don't want to respond to artists. I love artists, but I don't want to work for them. That's interesting. Yeah, that's cool. I thought I did when I first moved to Nashville. I thought I wanted to be a manager, but you know why? Because when we when we were growing up, it was like. I feel like we're part of a generation of people who looked at Scooter Braun, yeah. and he made it so young, and he had such a sex appeal to mm-hmm. him that everybody wanted to be Scooter Braun. So I didn't know what management management even was, but I thought I wanted to be Scooter Braun. And then I did artist management, management 
I realized it was the worst thing ever. After after you booked that college or that I, Texas tour for us, you're I like, spent, I'm out. I spent six months booking a college tour of three dates. I think I got paid five hundred dollars, and uh, you know, which was more money than we even had. So and funny. I was like, it was awful. It was miserable. It was hard. It was hard. It was hard. But it was fun. I mean, it, 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 but I was like, I don't need to work for artists anymore. Yeah, you're doing you're doing well, dude. You're crushing it. It's so cool to see, dude. Hundred podcasts, dude. Back at you. newsletter. The big thing with us is we're just we're just not going away. Mm-hmm. We're just we're like a shoe in your a pebble in your shoe that you can't get rid of. We're just hanging around. I love it. That that's the thing. that's great. I got one in my shoe right now, actually. Really? This, see this whole podcast. That's that's, that's us. us. <laughs> that's us. The pebble in the shoe. Every, every time I have a pebble in my shoe, I'll be carrying you. Think, your think love of me. With me. And wait, where, where are you gonna get the new tattoo? I think I'll have the same girl that did the cowboy hat. I, th- I don't know if I love the cowboy hat. I know it's on you forever. It's permanent. Speaking of uh, Keith Richards, when he yeah. dies, I'm getting uh, Rolling you... Stones tongue. Oh, I love on your tongue. On my butt, maybe. Oh, I love that. Or on the arm. I don't, I don't know. know. You think I, he's gonna I, die? I, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of my 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 Stones fandom. You know? I fucking love the Stones. Maybe and we should go get tats together. I'll never get a tat. But Tyler played my birthday party. Showed up and did oh, yeah. uh, dead flowers. Oh my god, it was so good. That was so fun, dude. I, so I, we fun. actually play that in the set now. Do you? You inspired me to do that one. I love that song. You know, you cl- you got a hot song because I mean we're wrapping up here, but everybody wanted that song. And I said, nope, Tyler Scott. You already called it. You already called it. Well, yeah. dude, thank you so much for having me, man. Proud of you and everything you're doing. You're Tyler. Back at you, baby. Thanks for coming on the podcast at the Chase Studio. We finally made it happen. Have we left anything out? Stream the record way back when. It's on Spotify right now. My favorite song is Where the Heart Is. Check it out. I love it. And damn Denver. I've been listening to the song for years. Check it out. Tyler Dial. Love you, dude. See you next time. Thanks. Peace. We did it.